Welcome to our weekly Wednesday year. The Nishmas Ruzlan Bas Chachana Ezra Shimon Ben Yitzchok and Rashi Bas Yitzchok. Question comes. It says Nazea. On the day of a birthday, a person has mazoli goiver. Their muzzle shines, their muzzle overcomes, their muzzle is overpowering. Although, in Kali Yisrael in general, at large, we don't go according to mazel, ain mazels be Yisrael. This is the muzzle from within a person themselves. Person that uh, muzzle the person creates for themselves, not relying on the muzzle on the stars on the the horoscopes that people unfortunately um, think about, talk about, even claiming themselves to belong to a certain part of the horoscope Tera dictates the way a person has to live. <coughs> Tera dictates where we need to find ourselves, when we need to find themselves there, ourselves there, and how we need to apply it to our daily life. Until two commonplace stories showing. How Tera and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Almighty God Himself, places us always in the right place in the right time. One was a Yidna at Yisrael, the Holy Land of Israel, who went to school for bookkeeping, for accounting, and he became an accountant. And Yaakov had a friend, Meisha, Meisha, whatever his name was, who went to the same courses as he did. Baruch Hashem of Yaakov landed a job. Unfortunately, his friend didn't yet. His friend was struggling. Bayim, his firm expanded, and the owner, the boss, says to him, Yaakov, I'm actually looking for somebody else now. I need a new accountant. And I need another accountant. <coughs> he said, my friend also... Went to school with me with at the same time. Maybe you have a job for him. He said, I was actually looking for somebody more experienced. He says, listen, I'll help him out. I'll push him through. We'll get him through everything he needs to go. And Kachav, they took on the second fellow. And Yaakov and his friend worked side by side. And Baruch Hashem, they were comfortable. One day, the owner of the firm, the head of the firm, comes, calls everybody together and he says, Rabbi Isai, I have news for you. I'm moving. Myself, I'm moving out of the town, moving to somewhere else, a different neighborhood. And I'm thinking through, you should know, who I'm going to appoint to run the office here. Sit in my chair to run the office. 
Needless to say, Rabbi Yaakov was pretty snug about the idea. He realized right away, I mean, he understood right away, he's the senior member, the senior accountant here. He would be landing this lucrative job. A few days later, Settle gets hung on the wall, the paper hung on the wall. Apparently the the boss didn't have the guts to come in and say it himself. Congratulating Meisha Aaron, Meisha, Yaakov's friend, taking over the firm. Yaakov was devastated. He was embarrassed to no end. (coughs) I brought him in here. (coughs) I vouched for him. I set him up. I trained him. How can it be possible he should take over a position that was so fit for me? But Ayid is Ayid. <coughs> a Jew is a Jew. <coughs> Total self-nullification. He's still making a panacea here. He's still making a living. Maybe if he'll be up to Meisha Aaron, his friend, who's running the office, maybe he'll get a raise even. Malasot. What to do? He accepted his, his fate and continued working in the firm. Needless to say, every day coming in and looking at the big office and knowing that Baruch Hashem, his friend was earning Kanainar probably triple what he was making. He goes to work, he goes to shul, he goes to daven, he goes to the and he goes to the he continues his day in life. And this is what Yaakov did. He wasn't lacking Chashom anything. There was no reason he shouldn't continue where he was working. Years, for, fast forward, years go by. And Yaakov had a very, very good son. Very good boy. And it's time for him to get married. It's time for a shidduch. And a shalchan approaches him and tells him, I have a girl for your son. Phenomenal girl. Fantastic girl. Special family. Special. The father of the girl is taking on full responsibility the wedding will be the umpteenth level he will buy a beautiful big apartment for the Chasenkala not a one bedroom two, three, four bedroom, whatever it needs a nice beautiful suite and he'll hold him out sit and learn for X amount of years And the girl is a chad bimina. She's a beautiful girl, a kind girl, a special girl, a from girl, a girl, 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 girl. No, no. No, no. Adarab, adarab. Who is it? Meisha Aaron. His boss. His boss sought fit that he, Yaakov, was such a special person and was so makirtev. And Baruch Hashem, he recognized the greatness of Yaakov's son 
What did Yaakov say? Of course he agreed to the Shidduch. And he now understood that he got the job. That coveted job, that lucrative job, which he so thought belonged to him, he taka got. He really got it in the end. Because the man that got the job, that sat in the position that worked the job, was able to, Baruch Hashem, put away money for his son. For Yaakov's son. It was for his own daughter, obviously. But ultimately, was, in America they would say, what goes around comes around. But that wasn't at all the case, Chas Hashem. Here it was a simple, beautiful case, a beautiful story, where he found and he saw Bashkach Pratis. He saw Divine Providence, the hand of God, how money that he thought he should have earned came back to him regardless. The only difference is HaKadosh Baruch who granted him the extra time of sitting and learning Teda and doing mitzvahs, not being the boss. Because being the boss, the work was that much harder, obviously, was that much more tedious, and he had to be that much more devoted and dedicated to the job. A second, a second such story a Yid in Flatbush Brooklyn here in Flatbush owned a liquor store a liquor store, wine, liquor and he was Baruch Hashem the only liquor store around in that area he had a prime location in Rimizak. I've told the story before, actually. He had a prime location in the store. And Baruch Hashem was doing very well. He was a big, he was a Balpanosa. He was a Balpanosa, obviously. But he, was a, he made money. He made nice love. Time came. Uh, two blocks away from him. A guy came along who had a liquor store, apparently was in the business well, was well into the business world for years, elsewhere, and opened up another store, two blocks, a branch, two blocks away from him. And it was literally considered the same location because the people started flocking to the other store. And this man's once lucrative position, lucrative business, was turning into a barely eking out a living business. What can we do? This is how HaKadosh Baruch Hu had a deem. This is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted for us. And he accepted it. And he stood there in the store all day long and he opened the store in the morning at the regular time and he closed the regular time at night. 
Unfortunately, unfortunately, he had a lot more time to say Tehillim during the day now because the business was very, very shvach. <laughs> and then we know, of course, David Shapashish would bathe the hand. God doesn't smack with both hands. His landlord shows up one day and says to him, Abid, I don't know what his name was, Abid, I have a little problem. I'm selling the building. Selling the building? I can't afford to buy it. The business is not doing well and everything else. So I'm not offering it to you. <laughs> I sold it already. And the new landlord told me to tell you he's not renewing the lease. So if you're going to want to uh, pursue the business, as we say, you'll have to open up elsewhere. Well, the man was in the business for quite a while, and he knew what it was like to set up this business. And he sat down after this great news that he just had, <clears throat> and he started to calculate, and he started to write, and he started to do pen and paper, the moving costs, setting up a new store, advertising for a new store, etc., etc., etc. It was not a pleasant, pleasant number. Not one that he could even think of making. He was at a loss. What to do now? I'm going home. Closed to the middle of the day. <coughs> He's going home. And although whenever he walked home, <coughs> he avoided... <coughs> sorry. <coughs> he avoided walking past that other liquor store. His competition or what some people would call his nemesis. Today, absent-mindedly, he... <sighs> absent-mindedly, he walked past that liquor store. As he came past the liquor store, he saw an interesting sign in the window said business for sale but no the business was for sale so he said what's up it's the shaking what do I have to worry about what do I have to think about let me go and find out what's going on here maybe he's not doing so well and he walks inside and he meets the owner and he tells the AS Shalom Aleichem I had a liquor store I have a liquor, had a, have a liquor store two blocks away and I introduced myself and you opened the business and they had a pleasant chat and finally comes to the point and he says uh, I noticed you have in your front window a very interesting sign it's for sale what happened 
<laughs> what happens, says the guy. First of all, I have a few other stories. And secondly, I'm not getting younger. I'm not getting younger. I can't, I can't manage anymore. I can't do this. So I'm looking out. I'm looking for out. Um, he hears this and obviously hears Ashkach Pratis screaming at him and he says to the man can we meet tomorrow 11 o'clock in the morning and sit down and discuss this so the guy says to him rather no because I have an appointment somebody else wants to buy another another prospective buyer tomorrow at 10 o'clock in the morning. At 11 o'clock in the morning. So if you want to come at 10 o'clock, I'll have you at 10 o'clock. So the youth says, of course, I'll be here at 10. And lo and behold, he did just that. He was there by 10 o'clock. And it was a closed deal. At which point the Yid saw HaKadosh Baruch Hu prepared him, <coughs> prepared the whole path for him, prepared for him not to have to, when the landlord is going to send him out, not to have to go crazy looking and trying to find and relocating. Here he had a full set business set up and waiting for him ready to start, ready to go. And Baruch Hashem, he was Matzliach, he was successful. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has his agents, his ways, his thought pattern. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has a plan for everyone. Do we understand it? Do we know it? Do we recognize it? Do we feel it always? Many times, things that happen over the course of years, And we wonder, what was Hashem's plan? What was Hashem? What does Hashem want from us? What did Hashem want us to do? Why was this happening? And. The answer sometimes is sitting right at our feet. The answer sometimes screams and waves his hands and jumps up and down. And we don't necessarily recognize it. We don't necessarily understand it. It depends, of course, on the attitude that a person takes towards life, the attitude the person takes towards their existence, the attitude a person takes 
on how they live, how they want to live, how they try to live, how they continue to live. Last month, the Palgal is no argument that the way of Torah is the only way a person can live. In this week's Pasha <coughs> is the source. This week's Pasha, Pasha Sisrei, the Aseres Hadibris. The Yidden, Pasha starts off with Yisrei, bringing Tzipira and the children back to Mesha, and we've explained this many times, in Achokadumim's explanation, that Mesha now became a Levi and was, was able to remarry his wife Tzipira. And therefore, Yisrael heard what God did to Mesha, which made him a levy, and he brought Tzipora to Mesha to remarry her. Because ultimately Mesha divorced her before he went down to Mitzrayim. Yisrael had seven names. Yisrael was a high priest to David Zaras in Midian. And from that second, still in all Yisrael, the son-in-law like Mesha Abenu comes before Mesha and Aaron and Mesha came to greet him outside. They came out of the Anani covered to greet him. And they have a feast with him and it's interesting that he was the host of the feast. And the reason being simple, because he had come now to convert. And he had had a bris milah. He had a circumcision. So now Yisrael hosted the meal, which was the Siddhas Mitzvah for his circumcision. And Yisrael observes Moshe sitting there with lines of Jews standing there with questions. And they would stand from day till night, from early morning to late at night, they would stand in line, Dav Mincha Mariam line, probably. <coughs> and it was very strenuous on Moshe as well. Yisrael said, this is not, this can't be right, this can't be the way it has to happen. So he tells Moshe, listen here, you have to appoint 
underlings. You have to appoint people under you. These people should be in charge of thousands. These people should be in charge of hundreds. These people in charge of tens, groups of this, that, that, that. And they should be answering the questions. And any hard, hard questions that are very difficult, they come to you. And the Torah tells us that Moshe listens, and Moshe does, it sets up a system. It's the Torah. It's written in the Torah, this whole dialogue. Which immediately asks, why? Why is this dialogue being mentioned here in the Torah? What relevance does it have to us? It teaches us the relevance, the importance of Das Teda. What Das Teda means, what the Teda opinion means. But it also teaches us not every love has the full Das Teda. Then there are questions that are harder questions which need to go to the Moshe Rabbeinu, to the Maradasra, to a chief rabbi. There are questions we can ask regular Rabbanim, Rabbanim that practice on a daily basis, Rabbanim that sit in their teda, Rabbanim that are versed, Rabbanim that have, have Shemesh Rabbanus, but sometimes questions get a little are a little out of their realm. And if a person is a true love, he tells you, ah, Adam, it's out of my league. That's above me, beyond above my pay grade, as we say in America. And either they refer you to a Maradasa, or they take the question to the Maradasa themselves, and they ask it so that they themselves have in the future knowledge for this, even though they themselves may not use it, but they can if they would want to once they have this answer proper. And they would go, and this is therefore the quote-unquote pecking order of how Das Teda translates. But generally, if a person puts their hands, they puts their faith in the hands of a, of a Das Teda, and believes full-heartedly that when I ask a question and I have an answer, this is the answer, and therefore I can go and live by it. The person is following through with the dictum of Tera, the dictate of Tera. And this is <coughs> the reason for this dialogue, telling us how Moshe established the other Rabbanim, that were able to discuss and talk to the people. There's a famous story of the Rechaim HaKadosh, Rechaim Ben Atar. He traveled to a certain city for Shabbos. And he came to the city, he had a little bit of a dilemma. Those days you didn't have a phone, 
text or anything on WhatsApp to say I'm coming to town. Can you please arrange for me um, accommodations, etc.? So, he came to town and needed to find out where could he actually stay and eat. Where would it work? Where can he trust the people? <sighs> he went to the marketplace. And he saw Yid picking up something, an item, meat, fish, chicken, whatever it was, asking the price, and taking out the cupcakes from his pocket, and saying, Lekovid Shabbos Kodesh. And he put it in his bag. And he went to make the next purchase, next purchase and once again, said Lekovid Shabbos Kodesh. Observing this man, and seeing the great intentions that he has, purchasing everything, Lekovid Shabbos Kodesh, the honor of Shabbos, he approached him and says, Rabid, would you mind if I stayed by you for Shabbos? And the man said, of course, you can come stay by me. No, it's not because he saw what he purchased and saw he liked the stuff that he was buying. Because the Yerushimayim, the God-fearing approach that this man had. No. Friday night, the meal was beautiful. After the meal, the host tells the that the custom is the Rav of the town gives a drasha Bo, say, let's go hear the drasha the Rechayim very simple form, fashion goes with his Balaksanya goes with his excuse me, his host to hear, listen to the speech of the Rav this Rav was not just a simple man, apparently. He was a of a higher level, of a, almost borderline Kabbalist. I don't know if they call it that in those days. And he starts to tell something about the Pasha, and he says, And in heaven I heard this and this explanation. So needless to say, if the man was a fraud, he would have been caught years ago if he kept talking like that, but apparently he was the real McCoy. He heard this in heaven. <laughs> the Rechaim <coughs> much to the chagrin of his host, piped up and said, no, no, no. You got it wrong. And he added a few words to it. The host's, uh, the, the Rav's eyes almost popped out. And he says, You must be Chaim ben Atar. They're Chaim Akadish. Chaim didn't say anything. He said, I'll tell you why. Because I went and I heard this Tate in Shemaim. And I taka repeated, and it was in the name of Chaim ben Atar. 
And I repeated what I thought was word for word verbatim, and you realized that I did not. Only you could know that I left this out. It was quoted from you to begin with. So this man was not a simple love. And obviously the Rechaim HaKadosh knows the Rechaim HaKadosh. B'kitzor, the Rechaim HaKadosh went home. Shabbos day again they came to Shul. Shul Shudas again. Came Shal Shudas, the Shudash Deishit, the third meal of Shabbos, which is between Mincha and Mairev. And many shuls have a custom to, let's say, drag out, but to elongate, to extend. They're shalashudas, they're not ready to leave, they're not ready to dab mayrev and make abdullah. And this rub was of that belief, in that camp, shall we say. And... The Sultan came along and I said, Do you mind speeding up Yeshua Shudas and Davani Mayrev? He said, Yes, I do. I said, Come on. He says, No, I, I don't want to do that. And finally, the Sultan said, Listen, I have a job. I got to keep my job. My job, all the Shamans go to Ganadin for Shabbos. Come Saturday night, Matzah Shabbos, the dollar is made, I pull them all out of there and I put them back in Ganem. However, the barometer for Matzah Shabbos is you. When you finish Allah Shudas and Malav Malka, when you finish Allah Shudas and Maidim and make Avdola, that is the official end of Shabbos, and at that point, I can take the Nishamas back to where they belong. <laughs> they all heard this and he said forget about it I'm going to take as much time as I can and he started singing different songs and he started saying different divitata. and the something kept coming back and said chop 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 let's go hurry up hurry up hurry up I got a job to do he said no it's, I don't want to do it I'm not going to do it I don't want the Nishamas to go back I want the Nishamas to be happy in Ganadin Come on, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. Finally, he screamed at the Nisatan, I am not going to do it. Get away from me. At that point, he turned to his Gabbai, his Shamas, he says to him, please bring the Becher, we're going to bench. Bench, that might have made Abdullah. Afterwards, the Chachsidim came over and asked him, what happened? Why all of a sudden the Shalashud is going so well? Why did you suddenly cut short? To which he answered, My expression of anger, of Kaas, opened the gates of Gehenim again. And therefore, it didn't matter. I no longer had the Shlita, the control of the situation, and therefore I had to let it go. So yes, <coughs> Das Teda 
controls everything. And yes, we need to see to it that we discuss and we talk and we understand and we keep a proper pulse on what goes on. But even the, the simplest person, it doesn't have to be only of a regular, of a love, of a tzaddik, but even the simplest person needs to know and needs to be in control not to get angered, not to lose their bitachin in Hashem, their belief in Hashem, their faith. And therefore, always being in control of their emotions. Teir tells us they stood behind the under the mountain. Rashi tells us Medrash Gemara Melamed teaches us Shikafa Kadosh Baruch Aleim is Harkigigis Vamalahem Imat Mekalim Atayde Mutav Imlav Shom Tiyek Furaschem. God took the mountain and put it over their head. It was hovering over their heads. Their heads. And he said, you'll accept the Torah, good, if not, I'm dropping this on top of you, this will be your burial place. Sigimara, Sech the Shabbos, if you keep your score at home, it's Peiches of Aleph, 88, side 1. Taisus asks the question, what's going on? How is it possible to say the Jews were forced to accept the Torah? We know before this incident, the Jews said Nasa Venishma. They preceded the word Nasa we shall do to the word that we shall hear. So they already accepted the data. They were on board. But the answer is in order for a person to accept upon themselves the proper yoke of Torah and mitzvahs, that it should be full-hearted, full-fledged, that a connection forged between the person and God, they first need to recognize the truth. They need to recognize the truth of the Torah, the truth of the mitzvah, the truth of the connection which they are bonding with and becoming one with. And to understand that Torah and mitzvahs are the ultimate good. And the opposite of Torah and mitzvahs are the ultimate bad. Someone who does not recognize that cannot accept upon themselves Torah Mitzvahs the way it should be. When they came to Harsinai, they were only 50 days out of Egypt. Egypt, as we spoke, was Erva Saharat, the lowest of the lands. And they had been saturated with the worst of the worst. So within this very, very short amount of time, to have totally, totally changed from one extreme to the other, 
And to recognize that only Tera is our life. It's a little extreme. So when they said Nasa Vlinishma, they brought Nasa before Nishma, it was a very high level in which they set it in, but it was not down to earth. Here, Kafwalim, <coughs> when it was impressed upon them, recognition from above, Teda, <coughs> Through the influence <coughs> of the light of true recognition of Tera, through this they felt Tera, the mitzvahs, how good it really was, essence. But their Seichel themselves, unfortunately, had not yet had or reached this true recognition. And that's why it says, Mikan From here we have a very big lesson. The fact that Bnei Yisrael accepted the Teda by Mount Teda was not because they were on such a high level, but it was a gift from above. As far as their levels are concerned, this was almost as if they were forced into. And therefore, according to Rambam, Rambam explains that after Matan after the Torah was given in Har Sinai, the mitzvahs that were commanded within them beforehand, we were not doing because of this commandment that was said at this time. Only because we heard it in Sinai now. Now became the true obligation of Tera Mitzvah, which although we were asked to do before Matan Tera, but now they were the real thing. According to this, therefore, we say, since the Jews, like I said, Nasa and then Nishma, will do and we will hear which was before Har, before Matan Teir and Har Sinai, and they didn't have the obligation, never mind the understanding or the connection, they didn't have the actual obligation to do so until after receiving the Teir, until it was commanded from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. therefore they had to have the Kabbalah's mitzvahs once again by Matan Teir fail. But they arrived at Har Sinai. Kish Echod believe Echod, it says. There it says, Vayichan Sham Yisrael Neged Ahor Vayichan is in singular. Glad of chiming in a little late today. Vayichan. Hashem Yisrael Neged Ahar Vayichan is singular, and Chazal tell us Rashi explains. Mechilta says, Ki ish echad, believe echad, like one person, one heart.
all the other times that they rested, that they came to places, Vayachanu, were Tarumais and Machlekes. Were a little bit of a controversy. Teira that was now given caused just that. That all the Jews became informed Ish Echad Belev Echad. This brings about the beautiful thought. Teira was given and Teira brought about peace in the world. And it has a strength within, within it to bring closer and to unite all different walks. But in order to understand this, in order to understand this and how this works, the tailor wasn't made from one skin. Chazal tell us in the Medesh Tilim Yishalni Leinitnu Devere Teira Chatuchim wasn't given to us cut up Ela called Dover Chuli Memtes Panim Toir Memtes Panim Tomei 49 faces of purity and 49 faces of the opposite. The Teda itself has always different opinions. We find in the Gemara always different opinions of how one would need to translate and interpret certain things. If you keep your score at home, the Gemara Eidavin Yud Gimel Amit Beis tells us Eilu ve'Eilu Divrelikim Chaim. Although <coughs> Beishamai says right and Beisilul says left, Beishamai says yes, Beisilul says no, or the opposite. They are all words of God. How does Torah make that all believe Echad to one heart? We understand from what it says, Yesh Chachma Bagoyim Tami. You say Yesh Chachma Bagoyim, you have to believe it. There is Chachma amongst the non Jews, amongst the nations. But if you say, Yesh Torah Bagoyim, that is Torah amongst the other nations, Al-Tamin. What is the difference between Torah and Chachma? Chachma is something that separates from a person. Torah is a Ra, is brought down in the Zayar, is something that's a life lesson. And this is therefore engraved within the life of the person. Chachma was given, knowledge was given to everyone. It's a pure understanding, seichel. Doesn't speak to a person, doesn't can't tell a person what this is. What this is. And the more <coughs> that a person can point out and the commandments of the Mises 
this way or that way. The person themselves doesn't have that for, that capacity of direction. But Tatum, the main thing was given its essence to show a person the way of life on a daily basis, how one needs to live. And everything in Tatum sets us in that way. And therefore, the mainstay of Tatum is the chalik of the halacha that is in it. So although they both are true, when we pass judgment, we give there's no other opinions. And everyone accepts upon themselves the true and the fullness of this Psaq Halacha. A Jew that learns Teda knows that this is Teda Hashem. And he learns it with total self-nullification to what God wants. To be able to grasp exactly what God and how God enclosed himself within the Teda. And when you accept the Psaq Halacha, you agree to just that. Even the and the learning, even though to begin with, a person thinks differently, not that he is angry or he's upset, the opposite, because he has complete faith that what the Psaq was is the truth, and this is what Hashem wants, he therefore totally envelops it and takes it, accepts it, and it becomes his seichel understanding. And this is what Theta does for a person. It gives us true unity. And the moments of most controversy, <coughs> there was only one opinion that did not look like it was Achtus. When there are different opinions, and Svaras this way and that way, and ways that you can think it's this way and the other, Teira comes and brings it all together. Therefore, Teira brings about Achtus, unity with Bnei Yisrael, and, and all the different opinions and all the different approaches, and causes all to be Kish Echad, Belev Echad. And may, may we merit to all be once again together with Mashiach Tzidkenu this very Shabbos Yerushalayim Yerakadosh Shabbat Shalom to all